Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Tamika Perry and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Tamika Perry. Well, hello there and welcome to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, delighted to have you with us. We come to you every week with a variety of topics that relate to the medical condition of seniors and others. We're available on podcast as well. Wherever you get your podcast, you'll find Docs in a Pod. I'm the co-host along with Dr. Tamika Perry. Dr. Perry is an associate medical director at WellMed, oversees several large clinics in the OptumCare North Texas region. That's the southern sector. Dr. Perry earned her undergraduate degree from Prairie View A&M University, went on to graduate from the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, where she was National Health Service Corps Scholar, completed her family medicine residency at Methodist Charlton Medical Center, where she served as chief resident. Dr. Perry is board certified by the American Osteopathic Board of Family Physicians, and we, as always, are delighted to be here with Dr. Perry. I thought I heard you mention off-air, Dr. Perry, 20 years since you graduated medical school. I know. It, you know, it's amazing since I'm only 22. You know, I'm like a little Doogie Hauser. But yes, <laughs> this weekend this weekend will be my 20th year anniversary from graduating from medical school at Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. So I'm so excited about that. But you know how what fast, I'm more uh, How fast did the time go for you? Oh, my gosh. It seems like I just finished. I remember being in residency going, I can't wait till I'm finished with residency. And now I'm 17 years past that. Wow. So very fast. Pretty cool. Well, let's yeah. bring our guest on, Dr. Cesar Torres. He's with Healthcare Associates of Texas in Irving North. Dr. Cesar is a physician there, earned his medical degree at the University of Texas Medical Branch at Galveston, then completed his fellowship at Methodist Sports Medicine in Dallas. Apart from his work as a physician, Dr. Torres loves traveling and participating in sports. He was born and raised in El Paso, Texas, and is bilingual, fluent in Spanish and English. And Dr. Torres, thanks so much for being with us on Docs in a Pod. Ron, thank you guys for having me today. Uh, share with us the topic we, we picked for you uh, that you had selected is talking about testosterone. Is it too low? Is it okay? Is it too high? Why does any of that matter? You no, know, interestingly enough, Ron, you know, a lot of my patients come to me for a whole different variety of symptoms, right? And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that people come in for is, you know, they say, well, I'm getting older, you know, I'm feeling a little more fatigued. Maybe I'm supposed to feel this way, right? And that's kind of how the conversation initially starts. And, uh, you know, obviously my job as the primary care physician is to make sure that I've covered all my bases in terms of, you know, appropriate testing and questions to rule out anything other before we start diving into the low testosterone, right? But, you know, outside of just the fatigue, right? And, and let's just start with men for now. You know, they come in and they start talking about, well, you know, I'm having a little harder time, you know, with, with my libido. Erections are starting to become a little more, more of a problem. I'm having more of, a, more of an issue when I maybe go to the gym and work out in terms of building muscle mass. Uh, I'm a little less motivated. And so, you know, there's, there's a variety of symptoms that, that come along with low testosterone. And these are just a few examples of the, you know, the things that people start to talk about when they come to see me. 
And a lot of people, Dr. Torres, end up self-medicating. They see the ads on TV where these incredibly active, good-looking guys say to this <laughs> little weenie guy, hey, man, take this product and you'll look like me. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are, I would say they're just misinformed, right, in terms of these over-the-counter testosterone boosters that, 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 that they start to potentially, you know, experiment with. And, and the reality is, you know, a lot of these over-the-counter testosterone boosters are never going to get you to the, to the level that we're shooting for, you know, when we start talking about testosterone, you know, supplements and stuff like that. Let's let's. I'm sorry, uh, Tamika. Go ahead. It's all right, uh, Doctor Torres. At what point, when the, the patient comes to you and they say, "Hey, I'm having these symptoms," at what point do we decide that we're going to test, or do you decide you're going to test and and potentially treat? Well, you know, so so we we kind of make again to, to just kind of make the point, right? I, I cover all their 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 primary issues first and make sure that there's nothing else going on with their thyroid, making sure that, you know, that they're not anemic and looking for other factors that, that might be right. primary before I start diving into these, you know, testosterone issues. But then let's, you know, I start, and then let's just say that we've covered all that. We've covered all our basics and, and now we want to dive into, okay, is this person deficient in testosterone or not? Right. And so we, we send them for testing. And, and what I usually do is I bring them back, you know, about a week later to kind of go over the results just to kind of explain what the results really mean, right? And so, right. and then when I get my results, right, so I, I, I do the lab work and I, I explain to my patients, look, the majority of you guys that I'm testing, your testosterone is probably going to be somewhere between 200 and 400. And most of the, you know, 90% of the time, I'm pretty right that it's within that level, right? Um, I start worrying about testosterone levels once they start to get below 500, right, in terms of really talking to them about treatment options. All right, let me interrupt for just a moment so folks who just joined us will know you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, our special guest, Dr. Cesar Torres. You find him in Irving, North Texas, with Healthcare Associates of Texas, and we're talking about testosterone. Uh, let's go back to the beginning, the 411 what is testosterone? What does it do for us? And is it just men to worry about or women as well? You know, so, so I, I treat both men and women in my clinic. A lot of physicians aren't necessarily comfortable treating women uh, in their clinics as far as testosterone replacement. But basically what starts to happen, right, is somewhere between the age of, let's just say, 35 to 40, right, that system that helps us produce testosterone kind of starts to fail, right? And when that system starts to fail, you know, just like anything else, any other system, you know, you're not going to miraculously start turning on that system by itself anymore. So what does testosterone help us with again, right? So mood, concentration, sleep, libido, ability to increase muscle mass, energy. So it's kind of like I tell my patients, if there's a way that I can make you feel, you know, 15 to 20% better than what you feel like today with these complaints that you have, does that have value for you, right? So Dr. Torres, as a lady of 22, when I'm talking about myself, <laughs> in, 20, <laughs> in 20 years from now, when I get in that age group, or it could be today, what are my symptoms the same as a lady? Would I have that decrease you know, in libido? Would I be fatigued? 
you know, so strangely enough, right. I had a, I'm, a, I'm just going to share a, a patient kind of story with you guys. Um, you know, I had a female who came to me and she was probably right around that 45 age and she'd come to me and she's like, you know, I'm, I'm irritable all the time. I'm tired. I'm fatigued. I go to the gym. I can't lose weight. Um, you know, I've gone to many doctors. We've looked at, you know, basic labs. And I said, well, has anybody ever looked at your testosterone levels? And she's like, gosh, no one's ever even bothered to talk to me about this stuff. Right. And so obviously testosterone levels in women are significantly less than they are in men, just because it's not the dominant hormone in, in females. Right. And so their levels are going to look a little bit different. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, women will come in complaining of very similar symptoms, but, um, you know, one of the big, one of the big kind of red flags for me is women who have chronic pain, right? Kind of this pain that you can't identify why it's occurring, but it's there. And, you know, you do some kind of, you know, arthralgia or joint pain workup and you're not really finding anything, right, Dr. Perry? Correct. Correct. Now, in terms of testosterone function in women, what is, why do we need it? Well, it helps with, again, energy, mood, right. concentration, sleep, increased bone density. Right. right? So a multitude yeah. of things that, 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 are, that are starting to occur that they just don't feel good about anymore. Absolutely. And for women... Uh, who start on a testosterone supplement, are, are there some side effects that uh, perhaps they don't want, like sprouting hair on their face? You know, so I, I'm, uh, I, I do a particular treatment in my female patients just because I think it's a better way to control their testosterone. I do these uh, bioidentical pellets in them. And, you know, we talk about potential side effects. And you're right, you know, hair growth is one of them. But I can tell you, Ron, that, you know, that's a, that's not a very common side effect of testosterone in women. And should it occur, we've got, you know, medicines that can, can potentially combat that to help them with that, with that symptom, you know? Besides just, you know, hair growth in women, for my guys, isn't there a chance, and this is why I counsel them on, that we could in, inadvertently decrease their natural ability to make testosterone with replacement? And, and you're exactly right, Dr. Perry, right? So once you start to supplement, right, their testosterone, that function that was minimally working, now you're kind of shutting it down even further, right? So what I, what I do tell my patients is, look, once you start testosterone treatment, you probably want to stay on it because the minute that you suspend it, all you're going to do is go back to the levels that you were at or even lower than that when, you, when we suspend that treatment, Right. 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 So that's definitely something guys have to know. And then what in turn, you, you would think that more testosterone would make you more fertile, but that's actually not the situation. Correct. You're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, it shuts down your ability to, 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 to produce, you know, sperm. And so, uh, you know, infertility can definitely be an issue like that. And so I always ask my patients, look, are you done having kids? Are you sure you're done having kids? Because we want to make sure that, that they're okay that that may potentially be a side effect that happens, you know? Now, could you use testosterone as a male a birth control medication? No, you cannot, not at this time. I, I, I'm, I'm saying hypothetically, because if, it's, if it uh, shuts down sperm production, uh, they're out of business. 
it decreases it, well, not necessarily eliminates. Ah, uh, so you still got a little squiggly or two left. Yes. And, but, you know, exactly. when I tell my guys about that side effect, they usually say, give me more. Give me more. <laughs> so. <laughs> I guess that's my point, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, hold on, you two. We're going to come right back. We're having too much fun right here on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. And we're talking with Dr. Cesar Torres about signs your testosterone is too low and what you need to do about it, if anything. You're listening to Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson for my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com slash connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. We're so pleased you're sticking with us right here on Docs in a Pot. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, and our special guest, Dr. Cesar Torres. He's with Healthcare Associates of Texas up in Irving North, and we're so pleased to have him with us today, talking about testosterone, when it's too low, and Dr. Torres, can testosterone be too high? Um, you know, it's, I, I guess theoretically it can. I've never seen anybody's testosterone get too high just by itself. You know, I've, I've seen it where I'm doing a replacement and the levels are definitely too high and we need to, you know, we need to cut down on their dose of the testosterone that they're taking for sure. And what would be the signs that it's too high? Are there symptoms that you would see? Well, so yeah, so we monitor their, their blood work, you know, so once, so what can happen when men's testosterone, let's just start there, right? So testosterone can get, get converted into some estrogen, right? And so too much estrogen in a male is not necessarily a good thing either, right? Because now they start getting a little more emotional, a little more irritable. They can get something called gynecomastia where, you know, they get some of this breast growth and stuff like that. But the other thing that can happen, Ron, you know, when their levels start getting too high, is their red blood cell production can get too high. So now their blood becomes a little too viscous, right? A little too thick. And so they start even feeling fatigued from some of that viscosity that's happening from that thickness that's going on. And can that happen from uh, overdoing over-the-counter preparations for testosterone production? You know, the, the, again, back to my point about over-the-counter stuff. So I'm just going to talk about, you know, testosterone levels here real quick, right? So if we're, if we're shooting, so in my males, right, testosterone level-wise, I'm shooting for somewhere between like, let's just say a thousand on average, right? A thousand testosterone level on average, right? And if you're, let's just say 300, right? And you start this over-the-counter supplements, it's rare that these supplements are even going to get you to even like 500, right? So they're not even getting you to the, to the optimal space that we're going to get you to, much less probably get you over. But, you know, the, the, the problem is, and the way I explain it to my patients, why am I going to treat you with something that's not even getting you to the standard of where I want you at? Right. And so what do you use in treating patients for testosterone levels? So, you know, so one of the biggest 
methods is probably uh, an injection that I that I use for my men, right? And the reason being is it's pretty an inexpensive treatment, right? Even if let's just say your insurance didn't want to pay for that, right? If you were to go to the pharmacy, you could potentially get a month's worth for about twenty to twenty-five dollars uh, for the month, right? Another option is this thing that we talked about, which are these bioidentical uh, testosterone pellets, right? Uh, unfortunately, those are not usually covered by insurance, so it's the self-cost that, that, that's associated with that, and it's a significantly higher cost than the testosterone injections. There's also gels that we use in men. Um, I, I'm not a huge proponent of the gel just because the way I explain it to my patients is, right, if you think about what the skin is supposed to do, right, it's a barrier that's supposed to block out things. Now I'm trying to get your levels up with a gel that you're supposed to absorb through a protection barrier, like we also don't really optimize to where you get to. There actually it used to be an oral, and it might still be out on the market, there was an oral testosterone that was out there too. But again, uh, you know, the levels that we were trying to get people to with those oral supplements just never got them to the levels that, that we're shooting for. And so, go ahead. Because uh, the, we're shooting for much lower levels in women. Do you use transdermal or gel or cream preparations for the ladies? You know, the I, I don't in my practice. I know mm-hmm. there's other providers that do. In, in my females, you know, so what we're trying to achieve, right, in, with testosterone is, is the steady state, right, is where we get them to the levels that are just kind of where we get them to the appropriate level and we just want them to stay there, right? And so the beauty about these, these, these bioidentical pellets that I have is they get them to the steady state where I don't have to variate their dosing with, gotcha. you know, transdermals or, or, or anything else, right? Mm-hmm. So it just makes the, it makes the, the levels that we're trying to achieve in women much easier. But not, not that I don't, I mean, I just don't do it in my practice just because I don't think that, that it's going to optimize them getting there, honestly. Now, once you start that treatment, are you on it forever? So, well, I tell my patients, look, I want you to, I want you to know how you felt before you ever started testosterone replacement, right? So I say, look, start a diary before you ever start treatment. And the things that I want you to write about are your mood, your libido, your energy level, um, your concentration, your sleep, right? Because these are all the majority of complaints that people are coming in with. So, so I tell them, look, log this before you ever start. Because once they start and they're on testosterone, those things improve significantly, right? And it's like I tell them, look, your norm becomes your new norm, right? So all of a sudden, you feel really, really well, and you forgot what it felt like to not feel really good four, five, six months ago. And so uh, so, so, I, so I my, have them, my question know, is, do you then have to continue it? Well, you want to, because if not, then you're just going to drop down to, to the same symptoms that you had before you ever started, right? right? Which was not very good. So, because it's not like that we are making your body produce more, we're giving you more. So if we stop giving it to you, your body doesn't go back to producing more, it goes back to low levels again. Exactly right. That's correct. Now, what, what, got you, what got you interested, Dr. Torres, in this area of treatment? You know, I came to this practice that I'm currently in when I was 40 years old. And, uh, you know, I was suffering just like a lot of my patients were, right? And I said, man, I'm tired of feeling this way. So there's got to be a way to make me feel better, right? 
one of the big issues that I have, you know, I would go to the gym and I would fatigue a lot quicker than when I was younger. And I said, wow, you know, if there's something that I can do to make my workouts, you know, increase in not only intensity, but in endurance, why don't I start looking into some of this stuff? And so, you know, I started taking courses on, uh, on testosterone replacement. And so I, it was one of these things where I almost selfishly wanted to learn it for myself. And then ultimately it became a, a tool that now I use it for my patients. And, you know, everybody's kind of in a win-win situation with it now. And, you know, every, there are plenty of people who come into my practice, men and women, and say, I think my testosterone is low. I need some testosterone. But what other disease entities, because you talked about ruling those out earlier, can also mimic low testosterone? Right. So obviously you want to rule out any thyroid issues, right? So hypothyroidism. You want to rule out any kind of anemia. You want to rule out any kind of, uh, you know, cancer disorders. Uh, those things are probably some of the ones that are biggest on the list, you know? And for folks, because we live in a society where so many people have diabetes and so many people are uh, grossly overweight, will testosterone treatment be a problem for those folks? No, I mean, those are the patients that probably want to benefit the most from it, right? Because now they've got more motivation to what? To move, to get up, to, to lose weight, right? Plus, if they start working out, they're going to see an increase in that muscle mass, which in turn is going to help them lose weight. So that's a product, uh, not a product, but that's a treatment that can be very effective for people. Yeah, especially overweight people, because now they're just a little bit more motivated to to go about, you know, moving and losing weight, which is only going to benefit their chronic disease state. And does age matter if somebody, uh, speaking for a friend who's 81 years old, Uh, does age make a difference? Well, you know, I, I have 81 year olds on testosterone replacement. You know, I, I think, you know, most men as they get into their 80s, I wouldn't say they're necessarily on it. They can be on it and there's no issues with them being on it. Um, so, you know, I don't think the age is a factor when you decide to seek treatment. Now, you want to look at, um, just like Dr. Torres was saying earlier, you want to look at all the other um, comorbid conditions or diagnoses that the patient may have. And I have some older patients, um, older and wiser, who are on testosterone therapy, and they do beautifully with it. Now, is this something, Dr. Uh, Perry, that you prescribe? Mm-hmm, I do. I do prescribe testosterone. I use the injection like Dr. Torres in my guise. Um, I don't put in the bioidentical um, pellets. Maybe I'll send some of the patients to Dr. Torres for that. For my ladies, I do do uh, a transdermal preparation and they seem to do fine with it, but I'm not as aggressive with my women as I am my men in, in terms of testosterone replacement. Doesn't injecting those pellets hurt? Um, well, Dr. You know, there's yeah. definitely some, there's definitely some discomfort with it because it requires, you know, some local anesthetic and a small incision to, to place the pellets underneath the surface of the skin. And we do that usually around the buttocks area. So, yeah, yeah, I would say there's some discomfort, um, men more so than women, just because the amount of pellets that were being introduced is significantly more just because the levels we're trying to achieve with men is higher than women. So so men more so than than women on, on the pellet side, correct? And how often do you put the pellets in? So I, I schedule my patients every four months, right? Because I don't ever want them to feel that drop again. Um, you know, I 
if they want to go five months, then I let some of them, unless they're super active and they and they work out regularly, because those pellets are absorbed dependent upon your cardiac output, meaning your your level activity, right? So the more activity you do, the more you're going to absorb those pellets and kind of go through them a little quicker. Each of those pellets is like slow release. You're exactly right. It's a low, slow absorption process. And, and I, I love the term that doctors use. There's a little discomfort. <laughs> I eat it hurts a little yeah, bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. A little discomfort for you, maybe, right? But, you know, yeah, given that, like- you know, a little discomfort every four months, but you feel great, you know? So, uh, Dr. Torres, we have really less than a minute left, and, and I want to ask you very quickly, uh, if somebody is concerned about their energy, their libido, what have you, who should they talk to, their PCP or someone else? No, I mean, they should visit their primary care doctor, you know, and say, hey, you know, I've... Uh, you know, I've read some of this or I heard about some of these, uh, you know, low testosterone. I feel like I'm experiencing some of these symptoms. And I'm sure there's, you know, their primary care doctor will be happy to to kind of work them up and make sure that that's an issue or not an issue for them. Perfect. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Cesar Torres, Healthcare Associates of Texas, Irving North in Irving, Texas. And to our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you again soon right here on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra, and associate producer is Isaac Wilker. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Tamika Perry and Ron Aaron.